Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hello, Mr. Terry. Hello, Dennis. How are you, sir? How you feeling? I'm doing all right. Just... Keeping on, keeping on. We're just trying to keep out of trouble right now in this area. Yes, you are. And we're we're playing playing low. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Fifty years ago, sixty years ago, you wouldn't be having this problem. Well, <laughs> um, there's progress in life, so I guess that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I don't know. I just got notified that Steve uh, uh, Confino is is uh, on the interstate with a flat tire, so he might be just dialing in from his cell phone from the interstate. Terry, let me know if... Um, if if uh, if uh, Gary Fregolia uh, does dial in, okay. Okay. Well, let's see. Somebody else is calling from Florida. Yeah, that would be probably Rory. Hello. Yeah, it's Rory. Okay. That's two. I had to give uh, the uh, dial-in information to Brad uh, by uh, text because he, he didn't have it, and uh, he said he didn't have it. <clears throat> he said his server was acting up, and he couldn't get emails. So I, I tried to email to his wife, but it didn't go through, so I had to give it to him by text. Hopefully he got it, Neil. Well, I had, I had trouble. I punched it in three times, and I had to pull back and redo it. He said it wasn't scheduled. Yeah. Well, it only starts up about um, about five to ten minutes before I had just started it up about two or three minutes ago. Hey. Somebody's what? on from New York. That's yeah, Steve. That's Steve. Okay. He's got, he's got his CIA uh, cell phone he's using. <laughs> I'm actually in the street. The car broke down, so I'm waiting for AAA. Well, that's yeah. good. you got something to do while you're waiting for triple A. That's cool. <laughs> can you can you um, articulate what we need to articulate, even though you don't have any paperwork in front of you? Absolutely, except for dates and times. Yeah. Okay. 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 Another Florida just coming on. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Hello. 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 Who's this? Uh, this is Gary Frigiola. Okay, Dennis, Gary's here. Okay, good. Okay. All right, we're waiting for Brad Collison to uh, to come on from Louisiana. We'll, we'll get started. 
uh, is Larry going to be getting on? No, Larry has got a medical issue and he can't um, he can't spend time on the phone right now. So he okay. noticed that he wasn't going to be able to make the call. All right. And then we just waiting for one more call. That'll be uh. Yeah, waiting Brad. for Brad. Who oh, is on the line now? We got everybody uh, but Brad. Everybody but Brad. Okay. Uh, Louisiana's starting to come on. There you go. Brad Tollison's on the call. Hey, All right. Brad. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. How are you? Okay, Good. everybody. Um, let's go. Let's call the tape. Hold on. Uh, you, uh, Rory, you ready to record? Yeah. Recording at the time. Seven oh. I have 702. Okay. Eastern Standard Time. Okay. 702 Eastern Time. Call the meeting to order. Uh, Rory, would you do a roll call, please? Uh, Executive Board of Southern Regional Conference Chairman. Dennis Chairman. Vice Chairman Steve Confino. Present. International Representative Brad Tollison. Here. And Rory McConnell's secretary is present. Also on the line, Gary Fajoli from Florida, 32, correct? Correct. Okay. So, Brad, so you understand Larry uh, isn't going to make the call. He's got some medical issue uh, that he came up and that he doesn't think he could make the call, so... I told him it was fine. We would have a quorum without him. Um, we have a quorum. We have, uh, you know, four of the five board members are here. Um, so that that's good. All right. Um, before we get started with the uh, appeal, first level of appeal for Mr. Fajolia, um, Gary, um, I just want to make sure that we understand because we did not receive anything in writing. Uh, from Mr. Fajolia other than his uh, letter that stating that he wanted to appeal um, the, the sanctions, and uh, which was fine. But generally speaking, usually we do receive an appeal packet, but it's, uh, it's certainly uh, acceptable if, uh, if the sanction member does not wish to provide an appeal packet and wishes to do it verbally. That's, uh, that's, more, that's perfectly all right. Um, uh, I also want uh, Mr. Fajolia to understand, and I think I articulated it in my last correspondence to him, that there was never a complaint against him in regards to the investigation. The complaint was against the Robert Shortridge qualifications as a vice president of Florida 32. And in the investigation of that complaint, it was determined that Mr. Shortridge's application uh, was signed by Mr. Fajolia as the president, and Mr. Shortridge was not qualified to be a regular member, and thus the investigation began to find out why he was brought in as a regular member, being not qualified. And um, as the investigation continued through interviews, uh, it was determined that um, Mr. Shortridge was known to be not qualified when he came into the organization. 
However, at some point in time, uh, Mr. Fajolia uh, interpreted that Mr. Shortridge uh, may be qualified or possibly was qualified, and he uh, maybe signed off early or whatever, or backdated the application. But the bottom line is that Mr. Shortridge's application was signed um, uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, it was accepted to be signed as, uh, as being um, known to be not qualified. However, it was put in to be qualified, even though it, didn't, it did state that he did not have the qualifications to be a regular member. Um, so with that, Mr. Fajolia was, uh, was brought up on charges, and the investigation determined that he knew that Mr. Shortridge's uh, application was uh, qualifications were not there, and yet he still brought him in as a as a regular member, which is in violations of of Article 10 of the Knights Bylaws and conduct unbecoming, especially of a chapter president. Um, and Mr. Fijolia uh, admitted to such that he know he knew he made a mistake. So with that, I want to turn it over to Gary and hopefully let him explain to the board what he feels is necessary to, um, to either uh, to make the board reconsider the sanctions or, or consider the sanctions being appropriate. Gary, I will say this to you. Once you do your presentation um, and everybody understands and questions and answers are, are, are completed, you will be asked to drop from the call, and then the board will discuss uh, what the board feels is appropriate at this time, and you will be notified within 10 business days of the board's decision. And at that time, you have 30 days from that notification to appeal to the international board should you choose to do so. So as long as you understand the process of the appeal process, um, I will turn it over to you to um, to uh, defend or explain what you wish to explain. Can I get a confirmation from Gary that he understands that? Uh, what you just said. Can you repeat that? You're breaking up. Can you, did you understand what Dennis said concerning the appeal process? That's all I want to know that you confirm that. Yes. Okay, that's fine. I right. um, really don't know um, how to go about this. Um, I didn't even know you wanted a, a package. Um, the only thing I thought you uh, wanted was a list of witnesses, which there, there were so many interviews, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't see any sense in bringing anybody else into this. Um, I did sign the application when... Mr. Shortridge came in the night of the meeting. He handed me his application, his paperwork. I took his application. I signed it. I handed it to the secretary. The secretary looked it over, came to me and said, Mr. Shortridge does not have the qualifications to be a regular member. At that time, I went to uh, Mr. Shortridge and his um, sponsor, Larry Duguay, and I said that Mr. Shortridge does not have the qualifications to be a regular member, that would you guys, uh, would he want to be an associate member, I'm sorry, an honorary member, and I asked 
Mr. Duguay if he wanted to sponsor him as an honorary member. They both agreed. We had a six-month waiting period to become an honorary. You had to make so many rides, and uh, the club had to get to know you, and that started. Just to backtrack a tiny bit, when I became a member of the Blue Knights, I came in, I handed the president my paperwork, my application. He signed it, handed it to the treasurer. The treasurer asked me, I'm sorry, he handed it to the secretary. The treasurer asked me for a check for $30, and that night I was voted on. This was the procedure that went on when I became a member, and this is the procedure that we followed when other members came in. So that's the reason why the application was signed on December 2nd, I believe it was, was because that's how we had done it. And that's the way I thought it went on. So we started at that meeting, I asked Mr. Shortridge to introduce himself and we started the clock for the six months. We had uh, several meetings going on. Uh, we had a ride to Daytona for Bike Week. One of the members was down from New York. After bike, uh, the ride up to Daytona Bike Week, we came back to my house, and my vice president, Mike Peacock, and William Jacoby looked over his application. Steve had handed Mike a... Uh, documentation from another department, I believe it was Melbourne, and they were going over his time with a calculator, figuring it out. They were looking at bylaws, trying to figure out if he had the qualifications. At that time, Mike and William Jacoby, nickname is Jake, so if I say Jake, that's who I'm talking about, William Jacoby. And said that he did qualify they showed me something in the bylaws. Um, I said, okay. At the next meeting we had, at the start of the meeting, I, uh, I made my um, presidential announcements and stuff like that, and I said that we did look at Mr. Shortridge's application, and he showed us pr prior time with Melbourne PD, and we voted on him as a regular member. If there was a, um, if we read the bylaws wrong, it was a mistake. I never intentionally or knowingly signed anything. And I don't, that, that is it. There really wasn't um, anything else. I didn't know Mr. Shortridge prior to that December 2nd meeting. I'd only seen him one or two times after that on specific rides that we had going on. It wasn't, I didn't know the man. Are, am I still connected? Yeah, yeah. we're listening. We're listening to you. Go ahead. It's, it's a very crystal clear line. I didn't even know anybody was there. No. So, that, is my, that is the only thing I really can say. I, I did not knowingly deceive anybody or try to deceive anybody. I, I, I signed the application like I would any other member that came in. 
The secretary said he didn't have the appropriate time. We were going to bring him in as an honorary. He showed additional paperwork. Um, I'm looking through paperwork now. I think it was in the Atlantic PD that he showed, and that's that's what happened. I'm sorry that I made a mistake. I'm sorry that it's brought disgrace on Chapter 32, Chapter 12, and, and my brother Blue Knights. I apologize. Gary, can I ask you a question? Certainly. Who is this? This is Brad Tollison, the international rep. Hi, Brad. Okay, so basically your assertion is is that you weren't aware of the bylaws as it pertained to regular members' requirements, correct? Brad, honest to God, I did not. We were, you know, I, I, I got to tell you something. Before I became president, I was a member of the Blue Knights for less than a year. There was a lot of upheaval in my chapter. The president resigned. The vice president resigned. I was the secretary, learning how things were going. I took over because of right of succession. Uh, Alex Ramirez came to my house after the president and vice president resigned and, and said, make no mistake, you are president. You, you need to grab this chapter and hold them together because they were fighting amongst each other. Um, and ripping the club apart, well, the chapter apart, on who was going to be the next president. And he said, hold them together until the elections in December. And that's what I did. I never planned or wanted to be president. I took it because there was really no other choice. And, and I right. did. I accepted it, and, and I did the best I could. With that being said, I will say this. Alex Ramirez was at many of our meetings because of a lot of the stuff that was going on and uh, with the, the, the chapter in such deceival or however you want to word it. And he's seen many times how we brought a member in. The night that, that that a member came, or a prospective member, I should say, showed up at the door with his paperwork, he would sign, because I was the secretary, the, the president would sign the paperwork, hand it to me, I would look it over, and we would vote on them that night. There, there was no investigation. I was never trained to be a president. No one ever okay. came down and said, you guys are doing it wrong. And, okay, and, this, and, that's, and that's fine. If the guy qualifies and you come down and you sign it, no harm, no foul, okay? The guy's qualified. If Correct. A, if a known felon applies, you, and you say, oh, well, I just signed it because, you know, that's the way we did it. You understand that would be a problem, right? If you had now a guy I, from the Hells Angels that applied to join the chapter and you said, well, we always just sign it the day they apply, you understand that would be a problem, right? Now I do, yes. Um, okay. The only thing I can say is he had paperwork and he was vouched for by another member of the Brevard Sheriff's Office that they worked together. One of my, one of my members was his commanding officer in the Motor Patrol Unit. They, he worked for him for, I, I, it could have been right. 10 years. Okay, and my, 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 I have a follow-up question. Okay, well, first two questions. You understand that as the president, it is your job. At least you maybe didn't then, but you understand now that as president, it would be your job to enforce the bylaws on behalf of the international, correct? I, I did resign as president. and no, I, I, no but, but do you, you understand that as president, it would be your responsibility to know the bylaws and to enforce them, correct? Now you do. You maybe didn't then, but you know that now, right? Correct, yes. Okay, so 
in effect, you were being charged because you didn't know the bylaws when you're supposed to know the bylaws. And then today when you came in, you said that you didn't know you were supposed to have a packet, even though that's in the bylaws. My question to you is, if you're being charged because you didn't know the bylaws, why would you pick up the bylaws and read the section as it, as it pertains to tonight? Because I read what um, the chairman, Dennis, sent me, and it, it all I read in that was I had the right to appeal, and I had um, a right for witnesses. I had to give him a list of witnesses by a certain date. That's all I thought that I really needed, and I wasn't going to have any witnesses because I okay. did sign it. it just because so you are aware of the bylaws? Section 10.2 yes, says the- that appeal must be by maybe in person or by written brief, in either case, a written brief shall be submitted. Now, Dennis is going to allow this, but just so that you know, once again, technically, um, should you not agree with the decision that the, uh, of the board tonight, if you decide to appeal to international, because I was just reading in your letter where you thought your direct appeal would go to international, if you decide to appeal any decision tonight, you would need to submit a written brief just so that you're aware. I don't want there to be any confusion. Okay, I understand that. Okay, that's all I have. Thank you. Okay, thanks, Brad. Uh, Steve, you want to come in on this and articulate how... Yeah, well, let me... Yeah, let me... me, I was just waiting for my my turn. Go ahead. Let me... uh, Everyone can hear me, right? I'm in the street on a cell phone, so... Okay, so this... As we all know how this started, the investigation, uh, when I first w- met with Gary, he, uh, I went there not knowing what I knew after the investigation, obviously. Uh, and Gary, you know, Gary submitted a written uh, a hand statement signed, and basically he told me uh, that he depended on his, uh, whatever board he had, the uh, membership board. <laughs> Membership. And he relied on he relied on their decision. But my question my question to Gary and Gary, you can hear me, right? Gary. Yes. Yeah. My question is, and this is what then I told you this when I interviewed you. The timeline does not fit into your story. And the only and after doing all the interviews, and I don't have the paperwork in front of me, but the rest of the board does. The timeline is just not there. You're saying that sometime in the latter in the latter part of the year, he was brought in, and that night, you said he was. He, it was determined by everyone that he wasn't qualified to be a, a, a regular member. You wanted to bring him as an honorary. That was towards the end of the year. Yet this, the his um, application is signed December as a regular member by you. Right, and I explained that. When he came in, he handed us his, he handed me. Yeah, but you already said that that night he wasn't, you already knew he wasn't a regular member. So this is where I'm getting confused. Because if you knew that night that he wasn't qualified to be a regular member, and you signed the application at that time when he gave it to you, you signed it as a regular member. There is no application that's crossed out that says honorary. Okay, so, I'll explain it to you again. When he walked in December 2nd's meeting, he was now, with hold his... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 
In these statements, it says, on or around October 2013, Mr. Shortridge was introduced to BKFL-12 as a potential honorary member. It was explained to the membership that Mr. Shortridge only had 14 and a half years of service and that he would have to wait six months before the chapter could vote on him as an honorary member. So now you can continue because what the discrepancy is, if he came in in October and wanted to be an honor and understood he could be an honorary member, and you signed the application December 2nd, and whether it was backdated or frontdated, he wasn't six months, and you still signed it in December 2nd. And I think that's as a season. Re- right, as a regular member. Right. Let, let, me, let, me, let me continue because this is, this, is, this is where this whole investigation becomes confusing. Because, and not for me. I mean, I, I pretty much have it down what was going on here based on the statements I took. But so we have your, your signature on the application in December. I believe it's December 3rd or the 2nd. Second. And it's for a regular member. Now we skip, let's go, let's skip a, a couple of months to February. We're at the law ride. I was physically present, present, present there when a guy went down. Shortridge gave first aid to the kid who was on the bike. As a state rep, I went over to him and said, what chapter are you with? So I was in communication with Dennis. He was at the Harley dealer. And he says, no, I'm not a member. So now we're going, that was February. The application's already signed as a regular member. He has no idea that he's a regular member or signed off as. The following day, the following couple of days, I don't have the dates in front of me. Like I said, I, you know, I'm stuck on the side of the road. Members came over to you and said, and I have statements that you have copies of the statements. He did a good job on the first aid. Why can't we push his membership up? And you said, because he's not qualified. I have to keep him as an honorary member, and he has to do his six months. But you had already signed it as a regular member. So there's a statement in there, too, from somebody else saying that you had you you actually mentioned that you had to let you couldn't let anyone know that you were signing off on them as a regular member because that's what you used to keep somebody else out of the club that time the six months so the problem here gary and i i told i didn't tell you this at the interview because i didn't i wasn't aware of this the problem here is that there's so many statements including statements from people in your chapter that went with you saying that uh, they never either they never saw the application, or they were always told he was an honorary member. Half the people thought that that I interviewed thought they were voting on him as an honorary member. So, the only conclusion that I can come to after all the statements and all the all the interviews, including your own statement, is that you were deceiving the membership purposely deceiving the membership, not letting them know that you already signed the application as a regular. There is no way that, it's not like you get 100 applications a month. You know that what applications you have outstanding. So you have a regular membership application on a guy you're continuing to say, he, we have to wait the six-month period as an honorary. So that's where, the, that's where my problem starts. It's not the fact that you, you say you made a mistake. It's the fact that 
in April, he was voted on. I believe we have the minutes from from April where he was voted on as a regular member. Now, how can that be? Uh, it just the whole thing is just a big mess, and I think All it's right. a mess. Be, I think can it's I a mess because. Excuse me. Can Can I tell, explain it to you, Steve? Yes, sure. All right. Like I said originally, when he came in December 2nd. But he came in before December 2nd. That's when he came in to our meeting and handed me his application because the vice president was busy doing something. So Larry Duguay came right to me, introduced Steve to me, and said, this is Steve Shortridge. He's going to be a... Full member, well, he didn't say full member, he just said a member of the club. I looked at his application like I've done several times before. I signed it and I handed it to the secretary. This was December 2nd. And that's what we did at, all the time. We would sign the application, hand it to the secretary. The secretary came to me after that and said Steve did not have the qualifications to be a regular member. I spoke to Steve, I spoke to Larry, who was his sponsor, and said, he doesn't have the time, would you guys want to, would you be willing to be an honorary? And Larry, do you want to sponsor him as an honorary? There is a six-month hang-around period. They both said yes. Now, the application was not changed via the secretary, there was, there was several mistakes made. But I signed it like I did, which I was explaining earlier. I've done it several other times when members came in. They were voted on that same night. Okay. Right. So well, that's why I signed it that night. Right. Gary, Gary, hold, on. hold on a second, Steve. Gary, can I just say something to you here? I'm looking at, I'm looking at statements from... Uh, one, two, three, four, five members of Florida 12 at the time, and they all state that Mr. Shortridge came in around September, October, and even in the beginning of November, so they weren't sure about the time, but it was most of them said October or September, was introduced by you as a prospective member, prospective honorary member. Now, you're saying that he came in December 2nd. So am I understanding you to say that everybody that it was interviewed by Steve, and I'm not talking about just Florida 12 people that you might feel might have something against you. I'm talking about people in your own chapter that were interviewed and say that that they believe that Mr. Shortridge was brought, came in and was introduced on or around October of, of 2013. Um, now, listen. I mean, it's one thing to be mistaken on signing an application, but it's another thing to be mistaken on three months whether or not a person came in before the end of the year and the application was signed on December 2nd. He came in. We met him at the toy ride, um, the uh, Brevard toy run. That's where we met him. That's when he showed interest into the chapter. Then he came in on the December 2nd meeting, and he handed his paperwork over. So he I don't came. know why other people think it was September, October. 
you know, I'm, you guys were police officers a very long time. I'm sure you've interviewed a lot of people, and you can get conflicting stories here, there, and everywhere. I know he came in December 2nd at that meeting. There are minutes okay. so, he came so, in December 2nd Jerry, at that just, meeting. Let me, let me say something. Let's go, with, let's go with what you're saying. He came in December 2nd. You signed the application as a regular member because that's how he was introduced. Later, you found out he wasn't a regular member. You forgot to change the application. I'm telling you in February that he told me he wasn't a member. He had no clue what was going on. And there were people that were at the Lua ride who were asking you to push his membership up. Right. And I so, Okay, so let's let's let me let me finish. So let's say the people went to you and they said, Gary, the guy did a great job on this kid doing first aid. Is there anything we can do? Let's say you said no, like they said. He has to wait the six months. How did a regular member, and the, the, member, the application was accepted in international in April. wasn't accepted in December. How did that application get to international as a regular member six months after he was introduced, and you already knowing that he wasn't qualified to be a regular member? Let's I'll, to change this, I'll, everything. I'll do it one more time. He came in December 2nd. He didn't have the qualifications. So the clock started for the six months. After the, the trip to Daytona, which was in March, the guys came back to my house. They looked at his paperwork, and they said he does have he, – he produced paperwork from, I believe it was Indian Atlantic. They said he had the qualifications – they looked at and, the bylaws, and, and that was... And when you say Mike, they, when you, when you say they, who is they? I'm just going to say, they are Mike Peacock and William Jacoby. They okay. sat at my bar and, and said that... that was now, I have, our, a statement, I have a statement from Mike Peacock that says he never even saw the application. Let me finish, okay? That was that... That was right after the run to um, uh, Daytona. That was in March. April was our next meeting. April, I went in front of the chapter and explained. He showed, you know, he showed time at Indy Atlantic. They look, we looked over his paperwork, and he was qualified to be a regular member. That's the reason why. The timeline from the time the application was signed as a regular member and we started the clock as the honorary. Then in March, it was brought to me again that he had the qualifications to be a regular member. We voted on him in April as a regular member. That's the timeline. He came in December. March, they came to me and said he had the time. That was after the run up to Daytona. And April, we voted him in. If you look at yeah, the but there were, you have the conflicting statements from other people. Not I don't care about the two. people. Well, I, I have one more right, right, statement right, more right, valuable right. than the other people. All right, calm I'm, down. All right, calm down. Calm down. Let's, let's handle this. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I have, I have several people, several people that they may be off for months, but they say the same thing. All right. Well, in February, he said he wasn't a member. If he was a member back in December, he would have been a member in February. Gary, hold on a second. Steve, I, I know where your position is in the car, and I understand. We got the paperwork in front of us, so let me do a little talking here and, and just try to make Gary understand something. Gary, if this was just a question of a mistake by a chapter president, 
and all of the timelines from witnesses were correct and all the timelines corresponded to the mistake, you would not have been found to be sanctioned at the level you were sanctioned. But because of the investigation and because of all of the discrepancies and all of the um, statements that were made, including including your uh, trusted uh, um, membership committee and former vice president, Mike Peacock, who his statement says he never saw Mr. Shortridge's application. Now, whether he's throwing you under the bus, that's not for us to decide. The point is that you need to understand why this board has a difficult time believing you. And we're not, we're not here as a criminal uh, you know, court. We're not here as a civil court. We're a fraternal organization. And as such, as a, as a charitable corporation in Florida and a fraternal organization, we don't have to be bound by courtroom de, you know, decorum or courtroom process where it's you know, uh, reasonable doubt and, uh, and guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and 51% and all of those things that apply in the, in the court, criminal court system. Because we're a fraternal organization, we have to go by what our gut interpretations of statements and investigation shows us. Um, I will say this to you. Because, and, and hopefully you read the statements that you asked for and you were given. Hopefully you understand that if everybody is saying one thing and you're saying something else, it's really hard to give you the credibility of being correct when you first say, I never wanted to be president, I, 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 and you've told Brad, I didn't read the bylaws, uh, which was pretty evident because of the way, and I, and I don't mean to throw up all things, but the way you ran Chapter 12, uh, contrary to Robert's Rules of Order, but that's not the reason why you're here. Um, the other thing that one of the reasons why you're here is because of this, you know, of, of your interpretation of the truth. Um, I have a difficult time um, knowing that you spoke, to, uh, you spoke to Steve when he was the state rep, you spoke to Brad when he was the inter as the international rep and explaining why you want to uh, split off your chapter, 12 into another chapter, when you fail to tell anybody that you never even advised the chapter members that you were splitting off the chapter. So the point I'm getting at is these things don't reflect on this, these charges, but they do reflect on your ability to be truthful. Let me finish. You made you made Steve, you made Steve as a state rep. Uh, really, you manipulated Steve. Um, you somewhat, and Steve pretty much manipulated me to convince Brad, who was against letting the chapter split. And we talked, and I talked Brad into allowing it to happen. I'm not saying it was a bad decision in the long run. It may turn out to be a very good decision. But what I'm saying is, is that it wasn't done correctly. And I you, never spoke. You were the um, one who instigated the chapter, the chapter splitting up. But again, I'm not using that. I'm just trying to say to you to make you understand that we're having a very hard time 
reading all of these affidavits and believing that the or these documents and believing that these people are all against you, that they would give totally different statements than you gave. And uh, it's not, can I it's ask not, you a question? Go ahead. Brad, did I personally speak to you? No. Okay, no. I, I apologize. I thought you did speak to Brad. I thought Brad called you. It was I, I, Steve, and Steve knew that there was problems between thirty between uh, um, the, the people that wanted to break off the 32 and the people in 12. I spoke to him many times at many different lengths, and we were supposed to go to the meeting and explain to the club what was going on, and we were asked not to. Steve knew that also. That was after your charter came down. You, you called up you called up 12 and said, I want, I want to come to a meeting and explain what happened. And, and they said, you better, not, you better not come down. This is right. right. This is Brad. We are starting to chase rabbits. Right, because, as, as I you know, one this, step, the, it is the right. opportunity for it's Gary to respond to the charges. Right. And then he would go off and we will discuss it, not to beat him up, not to accuse him of lying, not to accuse him of anything else, just hear what he has to say, and then he goes off and we discuss it. All right, but, it, but okay, that, that's fine, Brad, and this is Dennis. I agree with you. However, I want to make Mr. Fajolia understand that he wasn't given the sanction he was given because the board believed he made a mistake. He was given the sanction he was given because the board believed that he wasn't being truthful and that, he was, and that, the, and that the charges against him for falsifying an application was knowingly and deliberately. So, okay. Yes, but for the record, as long as we're going there, I don't see how somebody saying that um, I don't see how somebody saying that they didn't see the application makes Mr. Fergolia uh, untruthful. It's you know, I'll, my chapter votes on things all the time, and as a member of the board, they don't have to pass the application around. If the president tells me that he's reviewed the application, the guy is qualified. Then we discuss it. Does anybody know him? Who knows? Because, I don't, I don't look Brad, at the application, but we still discuss it and vote on it. So I don't make a statement in and of itself. Brad, Brad, however, when Mr. Fergolia constantly refers to his membership committee being his former vice president of Mike Peacock, and Mike Peacock does, gives a statement to Steve saying he never seen the application, Somebody is being. Somebody is not telling the truth. Now, whether no, he doesn't see, need to see the application. He just needs to no, know how, does, many, how many years this guy has, how many years this no, guy has, and review the bylaws. Brad, you're absolutely right. He doesn't need to see the application. But when when you come into a meeting, when you're coming to the hearing, as Gary did tonight, and he says that he relied on, like in his written statement, he relied on his membership committee. And the membership committee says, what are you talking about? We never saw the application. There's a problem there. If, if that was the truth, and they all said, oh, yes, we, uh, we told Gary it was good. Only one guy said that on the membership committee, that he actually told Gary that the guy was qualified. So that's the problem there, is that let's say, let's say Gary's membership committee did make a mistake, and Gary didn't do his due diligence as a, as a president and follow up. Again, just to cut you off, Steve, 
This is a yeah. discussion we should be having after Gary is off the phone. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Let Gary finish up if he has anything else to say. Uh, Dennis. Yes. I think he's already off because I don't. I saw the Florida one just drop off a while ago. He dropped Gary. He dropped off. Yeah, I think so because uh, all I see is two Floridas and his Florida is gone. Okay. Okay. He probably he probably figured he was being he was being bullied, but that's fine. That's fine. All right. All right. Listen, uh, Brad. You know. I, I, I understand where you're coming from. I really do. But you weren't part of the first meeting we had, and you weren't part of all the investigation process where we went through it. Um, and it and it's difficult for us to sit here and listen to him say this and ask for you know forgiveness. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I got disconnected. Okay. All right. Gary, listen, um, we're not going to continue with this. Uh, do you have anything else you ha- you'd like to say to the board before we, we before we ask you to, to leave? No, I, I no. That, okay. I just want to say something to Gary. Gary, can you hear me? Yeah. I understand. I understand how important it is for you to, to remain in, this, in the Blue Knights. It's obviously... You had people reach out to us to give their recommendation, and I appreciate that. The problem I'm having with all of this is just, it's just unbelievable, you know, it's not believable to me. That's the problem. I mean, I, 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 obviously the board's going to take a vote, and, you know, that, that's how it's decided. But I will say this, before this investigation started, I tried every which way to find an out, to find maybe he didn't do this to do that. And you know what? Being honest with myself, there is no way after all the interviews that I can believe your story. That's just my personal comment to you. I want okay. you to know where I'm coming from. All right. That, 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 that's enough. We don't need to continue in that vein. All right, Gary, um, do, you have any other, do you have any questions for any of us or do you – any any final statement? I, and again, I understand what you said. I understand your position as a president. I understand your lack of knowledge. And 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 Brad articulated that you should be, uh, you know, the one thing you should do when you become president is read and, and about five times the bylaws. But again, that didn't happen, and and you were thrown into a position. And however that happened, that happened. Um, but I, I but I want you to understand you know, more than anything, that, that you know, none of this that we do in any way or fashion is personal. All we're doing is we're following the bylaws, and we feel that, you know, if we have, an, uh, you know, enough um, evidence and, and enough documentation to, to help us make a decision, then we go in that direction. So, I, you know, and, and whether or not the board's decision will change, that's up to the board. But you're going to have to understand that because, you know, you didn't agree with this board hearing your your appeal. If you would have understood the bylaws, you would have understood that's the word process. Uh, but again, as I said in the beginning, and I want to make sure you understand, um, whatever the outcome of this decision of this board is, you have the right. You will you will get that decision in ten days, within ten days, and you have the right to appeal that decision to the international board within 30 days of receiving 
this board's decision. And you will be given the information on how to do that in, in, in the letter if you choose to do that. So with that said, if you don't have anything further to say, I would ask you to please uh, leave the call. All right. Can I just say one more thing, though? Go ahead. What would I have gained to, to, to do this with a guy that I didn't even know? Um, the, the chapter wanted him in. I kept saying no. We had plenty of slots for an honorary. The man w w would have taken an honorary position and very, been very proud to be an honorary. Um, his sponsor sponsored him to be an honorary at that moment. I went to him. There was nothing to gain. So that that that's my final thought to you, gentlemen. Okay. Um, let me let me ask. All right, hold I on, Gary. 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 Yeah. Before you hang up, let me ask you one question, and I'll let you leave. Understanding what you just said, and totally, you know, allowing what you just said. Was Mr. Shortridge voted by the membership to become the vice president of 32, or did you appoint him to be vice president of 32? There was a vote. There was a vote by the membership. Okay. Yes. That's, all right. Thank you. That's what I needed to know. All right. Thank you. And uh, thank you for participating in this. And, um, and uh, at this time, please drop the call. Good night. That was what I was going to ask. <laughs> okay. All right, gentlemen. Um, he dropped back. Off. Back to what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. You said, you know, I wasn't on the original call, and I wasn't on the, and that's true. I'm basing this off of the information that's been provided to me as part of the investigation. Okay, mm -hmm. this is this is a a hearing where we take what we have, we give him the opportunity to have his side heard. Now, when I go down through this, for example, when Somebody says, I didn't see the application. I didn't hear anything that Mr. Fergola said that would contradict that, okay? When he said, I referred to the, from the bylaw committee, you've got a person on the bylaw committee saying, I told Gary that. So to me, it's entirely reasonable that if, if somebody on the sales committee tells me, if, if Chuck Duran tells me that this is the, uh, this is how, something went down, I'm going to say I heard the sales committee. Did I pull each member of the sales committee? No, I spoke to one of them, okay? But you've got a member of the sales committee, or a member of their bylaw committee no. who says, I gave him the erroneous information, correct? <laughs> so, that, again, that doesn't make him a liar. And and then when you go down through, you, know, you you've got, you decided in your last meeting that this other, that Mr. Southridge or whatever his name is, you're going to allow him to retain honorary membership status when, if anything, since he's the one who originally filled out the application, it is right on the application what the requirements are for employment. Okay, so he went down after reading the application, and he should know because it's on the application that he didn't qualify. He signed stating that he qualified. He signed stating the facts and circumstances were true. If anybody perjured himself on this, it'd be Mr. Southridge, which you're allowing him to keep his membership. Now you've got Mr. Fergola. No, told you, hold on, hold on, please. You've got Mr. Fergola who told you, I signed it, I was wrong to sign it, but then I handed it to the secretary. And then he says it's four months transpired before the guy became a member. 
even Mr. Fergola said he never saw the application again. Once they decided, the secretary took care of it, and it was never changed. To me, I, I get that he was wrong. I get they should have had the bylaws covered. But I think, quite frankly, banning him from ever holding any elected office in the organization would be more than sufficient. Just my opinion. Please, okay. And, 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 Brad, I, I, you know, I kind of agree with you there. The, reason, the reasoning, just so you know, with Shortridge was based on the fact that he knows nothing about this, this organization. And when he did fill out the application, he told me that they said, you know, fill this out and we'll take care of it. Based on that, he doesn't. He never saw bylaws. He never saw the application. He never saw anything. It's on the application. I, I, absolutely, you're absolutely right. But you know, when I when I go to when I go to sign something, especially something that's like that, and I have somebody there, I mean, shame on me. I don't read it. I didn't read my mortgage. I don't read car paper, right. papers. Well, you know, but but that, shame on me. That's the and that's how I looked at it. Mr. Fergola's using. All right, gentlemen. Saying, let me, I didn't read it either. All right, let me, let me interject something right. here. If you Hold on. If you look on the application that we have, okay? I don't have a copy of that. All right. Well, let me let me explain to you what it what it says. It has it has Mr. Shortridge putting down 15 years of service in the police department and putting down no for every other answer, meaning no for any pension, no for anything, and then someone else in a different writing putting down 20 years, okay? Now, look, whether Mr. Shortridge knew what he was getting into or not, we don't know that. And the reason why this board chose to give him a chance to come back in, because he immediately resigned saying, I didn't want to be a regular member. I, was, I thought I was coming in as an honorary member. And they told me that they would take care of it, and now I'm a vice president of a chapter. So, you know, I, if, if, you, if you take this whole thing in context, Brad, with the way that Florida 12 was being run at that time, they were being run, and you don't know this, so I'm explaining it to you. They had meetings every month, and they had a board meeting before every membership meeting. The board met, and the board made decisions. The membership, when, the, when they had the membership meeting, the board, including Mr. Fagolia, came out and said to the members, this is what the board decided to do, meeting closed, meeting adjourned. And that was it. They never had, they never followed Robert's rules. They never had an agenda. They didn't do that for almost, uh, almost about a year and a half, if that long. When some of the members in Florida 12 objected to that kind of running of the, because they had prior Blue Knights experience, objected to that kind of running of the of the meeting. Mr. Fergolia decided to suspend the member and made him leave the meeting because he was suspended because Mr. Fergolia had the power to suspend somebody. And this person left thinking that okay, I guess I'm the president suspended me. I guess I'm suspended. And all I did was say, well, why don't we have a chance to talk about things at the meeting? And this went on for quite a while. So I'm just trying to put everything in context for you when I tell you that what we found out about Florida 12 and about Florida 32 is not necessarily the truth that Mr. Fagolia is, is, is presenting. And when there's, uh, when there's seven or eight statements with, without ever even meeting with each other saying that Mr. Shortridge came into the meeting in October and, not, and then again come back in December, 
there's a lot of discrepancy here in Mr. Sh- Mr. Fagoya's uh, testimony or statements. <laughs> or, and, and you know, I mean, the fact that this, this board, you know, voted the way they voted had nothing to do with Florida 12 being run the way it was run, had nothing to do with the way the the, the lack of information provided to the membership when Florida 32 split off, which, you know, we, we were upset about after finding out about that. It all had to do with the corresponding dates and times and how this thing transpired and what's the time and effort that Steve and travel that Steve put into interviewing all these people. As you know, when you did Mike Broman's interview, I mean, investigation, and and when when Steve came back to the first meeting, you know he was he was uh, on the fence, and he wasn't sure what he was going to do. And we talked through it, and we talked through it because we wanted to know not only this guy isn't qualified to be president, we all agree that, but we felt, and I know international feels, that a president has to be held held to a higher standard, and if you can believe that a president deliberately signed off on an application because he wanted that person to be his vice president in his chapter, which we don't know if that's the truth or not. Mr. Fregolia said he was voted in. But the way Mr. Fregolia runs a, a chapter meeting, you're not sure who, how he was voted in. So, but his, his, when the application came in, the original application, it was 4 to 12, and there was no reason to make him the, the vice president he was only just joining the organization. They oh, no, had after, after they split, because he was now a regular member when they split. So he, he was a regular member. But to say but to say that he but to say that he falsified the application to make him a regular member of twelve so that they could then use him as the vice president in, in thirty two before thirty two even exists. No. That doesn't that make any sense to me, guys. Uh, no, that's not, not, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. You him as the vice president, just as a regular member. That, how many? How many actual members when they split? Did, how many regular members from twelve went to thirty-two, and how many came in as new members? So, does anyone know? Thirteen. Thirteen members left tw- uh, twelve. Thirteen. So he was one of the thirteen. But that's still a moot issue because it's irrelevant. Because we're talking right. about something that happened before twelve split, and quite but, frankly, but, when I read when I read Steve's investigation, he's got right in here. It is the investigator's opinion that Mr. Fergola manipulated myself and the members of the board. Again, completely irrelevant. You were talking about the formation of thirty two, and because you're upset that thirty two got formed, you're now going to take out for for something that happened before thirty two even formed. No, that that that's not true, Brad. And now now you're becoming a legal. Uh, you're, you're trying to be a, a defense attorney. That statement was put in there, so I can express myself. That that's irrelevant. The bottom line here. That was that you're was right. so it I is, can you're, give you're my right. opinion. It is irrelevant. So why? It's irrelevant. The bottom line here is that during my my investigation, I did not find one person out of the several people I, that I interviewed that concurred with Gary's story, including Gary himself. Gary went from, I don't know how I signed it, to, oh, I must have pre-signed it. Oh, it, it just doesn't make sense. And that's why I, Gary, to me, in my mind, Gary deceived his chapter. He deceived his members. I'm, and I'm only talking about this instance. 
in the fact that he had no choice after introducing Shortridge as an honorary member. Gary had no choice but to tell the people that weren't fans of Gary he has to wait six months because he's, he's not qualified to be a regular member. Six-month period comes, he sends an application and is a regular member. Guys think he's sending an application in as an honorary member because he waited the six months. If he didn't wait, if he did, if Gary found out, let's say, in February that the guy had extra time, he found extra time that he was a police officer and he was qualified to be a regular member, he should have been made a regular member in February. But instead, Gary continued his story saying, I have to wait six months to bring him in as an as a honorary. That's the problem I'm having here. Why are people telling me that he had to fulfill a six-month waiting period when Gary himself is saying, I signed it, I signed the application, and the next meeting they brought me more time. That They brought so me more five years? Yeah, but how, Steve, do you, how, how do you forget five hold years? Steve, hold on. He's saying that he's, when he, when, and this is just what I'm getting from the timeline. The guy started coming around in October. The guy brought him in, but he didn't bring any paperwork until the December meeting. He signed the application in December because that's when he first saw it, passed it off to his people to check his credentials. They came back and said he doesn't have it. So Gary introduces him as an honorary. In February, he's still an honorary. He's got to wait six months. All right? Even if they go back and give him credit back to October when he first came around on November with the toy run, they're still backdating it for that to be an honorary member. He's got to go six months. Now, in March, he now whether it came up from, from uh, DePew or DePew or whoever the guy that uh, brought him into the club or came yes. from Gary yes. or came from somebody else, then look, can't you find oh, a little more time? Thank you. And finish? Can't you find a little more time? So they come up and they look up his, his FDLE report and they see that, oh, wait, he's got this time when he was an auxiliary. Well, right. sorry, don't count. That part-time stuff don't count. He wasn't a full-time officer, so none of that time counted anyway. Right. He, he's, he's not even qualified to be. Right. So he's not even qualified to be an associate. In March, they say, all right, let's let's jive time. It's the time. It's law enforcement time. It's on his FDLE report. We could probably justify that. That puts him over 15. We can, can come in as a regular member. He still could come in as a regular member. You got to have 20 at that time. Am I right? No, the 15 comes from associate membership. They made a mistake. They said that they made a mistake. Okay. So now in March, they say, you know what, we'll put him in as a regular member, hand the paperwork, send it in. They voted him in, not saying whether he was an honorary or an associate or whatever to the members. Okay, we'll vote him in. They vote him in. They send the papers in. Of course, it flies because it's renewal time. Nobody's looking. You know, and they go by the, the chapter president anyway and the chapter board to check these things out. I, I do the same thing. I don't even sign the, the, the app. My vice president takes care of it. He's recruitment. The vice president, I don't even look at the apps. I don't even sign them. It's up to the vice president. He looks at it. If he has a question, he sits right next to me. Is he good? Does he got his credentials? And, and I, I, know I, I know I can trust Paul. He's not going to bring anybody in he ain't supposed to. But, you know, when these guys are looking to bring people in anywhere they want, they're going to manipulate it, and I think they manipulated it and, and, and they knew it was a gray area and they slid it through um, so that they could have another member coming with them from 12 to 32 because they knew at right, that time back in March they were talking about splitting. 
Is somebody squeaking, or is that just, uh, I hear a bad squeak. I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, well, I, if, if anything, it would be easier for them to just have him be a new applicant when they form 32. Because technically, for a member to leave one chapter to form another chapter, they need to be released by the existing chapter. So there's no advantage... <laughs> There's no advantage to fraudulently getting him into 12. Yeah, but there's no advantage. Get your numbers up for 32. Brad, 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 you have to understand now. When 32, when the members left for 32, the whole board, shy of one person, left that chapter. So there was nobody there to approve anybody else leaving the chapter. Well, no, that's my, I, I my believe point. Brad, is, Brad, didn't you speak to Mike Peacock? I don't he, remember. The guy was, yeah. I believe you spoke to Mike Peacock. Yeah, he said that he was you, going, he said he said he spoke to you, Brad, and you told him to hang in there to keep the chapter together. Is what he said he spoke to you about. And you asked you yeah, specifically probably. asked him if he was releasing the people. Yeah, okay, I do and, recall that conversation. Yeah, he was the vice right, president no. who became the president and then eventually left anyway, right? Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. And he left I because he that. didn't like he didn't like following the rules of Robert's rules. So he left. And he's back with Gary. And he's the one who's who was supposedly the Gary Gary Mike Peacock's statement to me says I showed up I knew he was I knew he was an honor he was wasn't qualified to be a regular number I showed up at Gary's house Shortridge was there with Gary standing at the bar and Gary told him Mike Peacock who was the the vice president at the time that they found extra time don't worry about it I'm signing off on him as a regular member. Peacock never questioned him because he was the president, and Peacock told me. I thought that was a little weird because most of the time it was my job to sign off on the applications. As so the vice president, thought, which makes sense. Right, as the vice president. So, listen, there's no, doubt, there's no doubt in my mind that Gary is lying. I, I know he's lying. At some part. Uh, there's, forget, there's, no, right, there's, there's no... There's no minutes, unfortunately. They didn't keep minutes at the time. I asked for the minutes. I was given two sets of minutes from a month apart, uh, which I believe everybody has a copy of. Uh, and the minutes were just hand chicken scratch. So this investigation is based on it's based on the the fact that the statements do not correspond. All right, thank you. Everybody, stop and help me, but AAA. Uh, cool. So it's based on the fact that they're, they're all conflicting statements. It's based on the fact that Gary himself gave me the handwritten statement saying that he relied on his membership committee, which is okay if your membership committee is reliable and that's the way you do business. I mean, I have committees too. Unfortunately, I feel, and this is my personal opinion, I could be wrong, I feel that as the president, well, you know how I feel. It's in my statement. And if anything... Due diligence was not done by Gary. He, this is as a president, he failed, and rightfully so. He should he should have been taken out of office, which he, he voluntarily stepped down because he was pressured by his chapter to do that. Now he wants to retain membership. He wants to retain membership in the Blue Knights, uh, which I understand that the Blue Knights is a great organization, and. You know, like I said, like like Dennis said, I've been on the fence this whole time. I know Gary for years. Uh, do I think that he should be a Blue Knight? 
I wouldn't want him in my chapter, but you know, I'm still um, uh, and I'm gonna Rory and uh, Dennis and Brad. I'm gonna tell you, I'm still on the fence. I mean, banning somebody from the Blue Knights for life is a is a life sentence. You know, you'll never be back into the Blue Knights. Can I just chime in? I yes, think sure. we can all we can all agree. And if somebody disagrees, chime up. We can all agree as president, he's responsible for everything that goes on in the chapter. We Absolutely. can all agree that even if you've got a committee, it is still his job to make sure the committee's doing their job correctly. We can Absolutely. all agree that this guy never qualified to be a blue knight and that was Gary's responsibility to find out. Okay? If we well, put trust the wrong people we can agree on all that, right? He, he he qualifies to be a blue knight, but not a regular or, or no. He so doesn't qualify to be blue knight. Qualified to be an, an honorary member. No, he, honorary member. That's it. That's yeah. a blue knight. An honorary member has all the same duties. Right. Okay. Noted. Noted. I I concede your point. I okay. concede your point. Okay. okay. But he did not qualify to be a regular or associate member of the blue knight. Yes. Okay. We can agree on all of that. The only question, therefore, is. That, that I think we're looking at, when he signed the application and brought this guy in as a regular member, was it a mistake because he put his trust in the wrong people, or was it a malicious and willful attempt to bypass the bylaws, to circumvent the bylaws, etc.? And if, if we believe he, he screwed up and he was responsible and he should have done all this, then I think, and I said it before, banning him from ever holding elect, any sort of position within the Blue Knights would solve the problem, okay? But if you think that he absolutely, like we had a guy in our chapter, our president lied to everybody, said he was a sheriff's deputy, but he was a convicted child molester and pedophile, okay? I absolutely would have voted for that president to be kicked out, okay, for life, because, but in this particular case, we've already said we're going to allow this guy to retain his honorary membership. <laughs> well, if it was minor enough that we're going to allow this guy to retain his honorary membership, I think that we should allow him to retain his, this guy to retain his membership with a permanent lifetime ban on ever holding elected office. Well, yes, uh, you thought. know, and I, uh, you know, I, and Dennis, uh, Rory, I can go with that. I'm very, I, the only thing I would add to that is I would want to see a suspension. Because so That'd far, i still, he still doesn't. He still doesn't have. He still doesn't pay the. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, he's very cute. He has his president, his new president, send an email out. He has people calling and roundabout ways getting him. Oh, he's a really nice guy. You know what, Gary? You could have called yourself and you, and you could explain yourself instead of getting of people to do your dirty. How long work. of a suspension would you like to see? At least a year. That's a so, long time. I was going to say, we only gave Mike Broman six months, and yeah. and, and, and he, he committed a felony as far as I'm concerned. Well, then you can, do, you can do six months and then six months probation and never to retain an office in, the, in a chapter. I mean, I can I, see I something like that. Six, six right. months and never hold office again. Can I? In can fact, I? I'll tell you what. I'll make a motion. I will make Wait, a motion that, we, that, change, that we, we change his penalty. Okay, we, we sustain the charges, we, we, retain, we sustain the charges, but we make a motion that his penalty is a six-month suspension from the Blue Knight and a permanent lifetime ban on any, ever holding any elected position 
anywhere in the organization. Now let me well, now let me comment before we second or discuss that motion. All right. You don't know, Gary. That's the problem here, Brad. You don't know Gary. Gary is a master manipulator. And I believe Gary's lying. I believe Gary knew exactly what he did when he signed that application. I think Gary knew exactly what he had to do to bring him in as a regular member. And I think Gary felt 100% about bringing him in after the law ride when, when, he, when he was such a valid person helping the, the kid that got hurt. I just want you to understand that the reason I brought up the prior information about Gary and the way he ran the chapter is because Gary is a manipulator and, and Gary does things the way Gary wanted to do it. It goes and to show Gary, character. Gary did not care about the bylaws, did not care about Robert's rules. He did not care enough to read the bylaws. He did not run the meetings according to Rob, the bylaws and Robert's rules. He did not inform the majority of Florida 12 that he was that he was got a charter and was flipped, was leaving and splitting the chapter. It wasn't because of geographics. It was because of personalities. He lied. And, and, and would not a lifetime ban on holding office take care of all of that? Well, no, because I think the guy should, I personally think the guy doesn't deserve to be in the organization because I think the guy is a weasel. I think he's a liar. And I know and, him. And, and, and I Dennis, know him. Dennis, Dennis, I agree with you 100%. The only, the only thing I, the only thing I, you know, I'm trying to be fair and honest here. And I agree with everything you just said, Dennis. The guy is a manipulator. How would you be I fair and honest, Steve, if you just said that the guy, you wouldn't want the guy in your chapter? Now, I wouldn't want him in my chapter. Uh, now that you would, you would have your chapter members understand why you wouldn't want him in your chapter. And if he tried to become a member of your chapter, you would probably tell your members that you don't recommend they vote him in. Right. And, and, Absolutely. and if that's the case, if that's the case, then you don't recommend that he should be a member of anybody's chapter. I mean, well, you've, got to, you've got to be understanding. If you think the guy doesn't deserve to be a member of your chapter, then that shouldn't be any different than anybody else's chapter. And I'm yeah, going to that. that should be left up to the chapter to decide. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But the point yeah. I'm getting at is, is that you're basing your decision on what you know about Gary. And I feel the same way about my chapter. But the but point, we're, we're the the point, point. is Brad doesn't know Gary. Dennis, this isn't this isn't personal. This isn't personal. It isn't yes, personal. Yes, it's, it's not yes, personal. It's it's not personal. You got it. it has nothing to do with personal. It's the fact that what I believe. I believe the guy's a liar, and I believe he came here and he lied in his in his testimony. That's the way I. That's what I believe. Gary okay. Brad doesn't know the guy. Brad listened to what he said. Brad believes the guy feels he made a mistake and he should never be a president again. That's fine. But I'm just saying what I believe. I don't think I don't think the person is is any different now than he was before he came to this. And I think I'd like to let international decide what they need to do with him. Yeah. Well, you know, Dennis, everything you said. I mean, I agree with you. You know, the, the problem, the, and it's not even a problem. I mean, I can definitely see. I, I mean, personally, the guys. Uh, I mean, the guy's a liar. The guy's definitely a liar. Let's let's forget about what he did over the since I know him. Let's let's forget about all that. Let's just go with what I'm what I'm seeing in black and white. Is there a possibility that that what he's saying is true? 
not with eight eight different statements. I mean, people telling me that they 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 thought they, he was a member. That's how this came about because they were like, "How does an honorary member hold a vice president's position?" And when I when I found out that he was a vice president, that he was a a regular member, they were like, "What?" Because when the complaint came in, how does he hold the vice president? When I called him international, I said, "He's not an honorary; he's a regular member." I said, "Oh, okay." Then we're like, "Wait a minute! We voted it in, in as an honorary, and that's where, that's where that's where I have the problem. That's where that's why I that's feel Gary's lying." The deception started with his own chapter, and not right. letting go. We have, all right, we we have a motion on the floor, though. Let's let's go with the motion. Uh, Brad, you want to repeat it, please? The motion is that we sustain the charges, but we change the penalty to a six-month suspension from, of membership and a lifetime ban on holding elect, uh, elected office anywhere within the organization. Okay. I was, I was add the probation, six months probation to that, too. Well, okay. first, no, no. First, you need a second, and then let's, you can make a motion to amend go, if you'd like. Let's go with this first. Let's Brad's motion is on the table. Is there a second to Brad's motion? Uh, you know what? I'll second Brad's motion with the with the stipulation of the probation. All right. If there's a second, Steve, second in Brad's motion. Let's have a discussion on Brad's motion. Steve, you want to continue? Yeah, I think that you should have a probationary period. And I want to know how we can enforce it. If we're no longer board members next year, how can we enforce him from joining a chapter that doesn't know anything about him and him running for office again? How can that be enforced? You notify International and have it put on his, on his, in his file, like it's a computer file, but they can flag it so that whenever anything he comes up, it'll have it there. Okay. Which means he wouldn't be able to be president of Poland 3, for example. Okay. Brad, do you accept uh, Steve's uh, uh, adding on to your motion of suspension? Sure. Okay. We have a motion on the floor from Brad for a change of the yeah. sanctions to a six-month suspension and a lifetime ban of holding office and a um, and what was it the other one, Steve? That you added six on six months probation and a six months probation after the suspension is over, which I don't understand how that could even happen. But okay, that's the that's the thing. Uh, Rory, could you hold a, a vote, please? Okay. Now, um, do we have any discussion? Well, What's that? Any further discussion of of Steve, any more further discussion than Steve discussed? Well, let the me other... ask you. Yeah, I do. I do want to. I, how is this enforceable? That's that's all I want to know. Besides, Brad, you already explained the, the one part. The only thing that we're not going to be able to enforce is the probation. I mean, you know, uh, probation from what? What does that mean? He can't hold office, so he's not going to he's not going to be on a, uh, uh, on any elected position. Um, the probation. What does that mean? He can't attend events. I think probation would give his his new pre, his new president if he starts screwing up again, maybe by uh, being a uh, uh, this not not disorderly, like almost like a mutiny, like oh, you know, I beat the charges, and now I'm 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 a, I'm a member. You guys should do this. We should do that. I think it it would give the president the the chance just to say, you know what, I'm not article telling you. You're on probation. You're done. 
you know, this guy's a president of a club, and you're giving him a six-month suspension? That's amazing to me. All right, anything else? Who's, the, pre- who's the president of a club? Gary. He was the president of the club when this occurred. That's what I'm saying. And we're giving him a so, six-month suspension. But that's so, was, so was Mike Broman. Oh, so was so Mike Broman. Mike Broman's whole thing was based on a letter, and it's a whole different situation, Brad. And you you investigated it. I mean, we didn't. Somebody could have filed charges, but they didn't. But let's. And Mike Broman now is the president of thirteen Louisiana thirteen. So, you know, it is what it is. But let's not go back to anybody else. I mean, that we could go back to another Article Ten where the guy got kicked out. So, well, I, you, know, you know, I still, I still, I, I just think that. Well, before, all right, listen, Steve, you second the motion. The motion's on the floor. Let's have a vote, Rory, please, unless there's any further discussion. All right. Um, Brad, you made the motion. I vote yes. Dave, you second it? I second the motion, yes. Well, you vote. Are you voting yes? I'll vote vote yes, yes. Yes. Rory, you vote yes? I'll vote yes. Okay, well, that doesn't matter, then I don't have to vote. Okay? Okay. Okay, so his sanctions are suspension for six months, followed by a six-month period of probation, never to hold office again in the Blue Knights. Correct. That's what we... Yes. What's up? I mean, I don't understand. Why are we wasting time with probation? Who's going to monitor his probation? The chapter. In other words, if he screws up, the chapter president doesn't have to do an Article 10 anymore. If he screws up within the next six months after he comes back, he still needs to notify us because we're the ones enforcing the bill. Well, if that's not a feasible thing, then... then I've never seen it done in, in the Blue Knight. I don't see the point in it, but on the other hand, I didn't I, see the harm in it either. I if it made Steve happy, I added it. I've been in this organization, I guess, the longest, almost 19 years, and I've never seen it done. I've never seen anybody ever be put on probation because it's something you cannot monitor. It's something you cannot enforce. I mean, a guy could screw up in his chapter and his chapter decides not to even let us know. I mean... To me, I well look. I mean, you got him on six months six months suspension. Uh, you know, if you did a make, if you were going to make it a year, that would be different. But you're going to leave it at six months. It was voted on six months and a lifetime ban on holding elected office. I mean, so be it. But I don't think the probation is any. It needs to be part of it because it's not enforceable at all. However, it's already in. The motion's passed. Okay. All right. So, right. So, well, I will let him know. I will let him know. And, uh, I thank everybody for their participation. And um, we will move forward and we'll see everybody if we don't see or I'll see him. Well, I, I know I'll see Gary and, I mean, uh, Gary. I know I'll see Steve and uh, Rory and going to Atlanta. Brad, you going to be up in Atlanta for the law right? For the no. Journey? Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'll see you in Shreveport then. And okay. Brad, by the way, Brad, by the way I, I would have liked if you would have told me you weren't running for office, but that's okay. I got it through third and second hand information because I don't I don't believe Rory half the times anyway when he tells me things. So, so anyway, but, I wish you well, and uh, you know you could have stood up there with me and held me up while we were talking about not running for office. But I guess at that time you weren't decided yet. But anyway, 
uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that you made your decision, and uh, and hopefully let's all pray for Larry that he's he's going to make it for a while. So, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll see each other all in, in Shreveport. I, thanks everybody. Let's let's end the call. Well, I'm still I'm still on the side of 95 waiting for AAA. So Hey, I'm waiting for AAA here. So I'm waiting for Sonic all over the place. Only 20 minutes from home. Should I just something? Oh my God! I could have walked home. I could have walked home. Hey Take guys, off. I'm going to sign off. My parents are in town. Okay. Talk to you later. Thanks, Brad. Okay, Brad. guys. All right. Hey, I, guys, I'm still here, so I can always guide people. Yeah. Anyway, thanks, Terry, for putting this together. We appreciate it. And, uh, no problem. and good luck. Don't go away. Terry, take care in South Carolina. Huh? We don't want to see you shooting anybody in the back. Hey, I won't try not to. <laughs> yeah. Thank, thanks for your help, Terry. We'll, we'll be talking to you soon. I'm going to sign off, guys. I got company. Take care. Right. Uh, yeah. I'll see you. Uh, I'll call you when I get home. If All, I right. Get home. All right, bro. Bye. 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 Bye, Rory. I'll, uh, I'll call you, too, when I get home. Rory's off. It's just what? me and me left. Rory's okay. already hung up. You're you're the last right. one to get out of here. Nice. I have nowhere to go. All right. I'll see you okay. later. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.